Sometimes you need to find your own closure and your closure doesn't always come in the form of a person and in the form of them answering your questions. Grownish, smartish, British. We are British, apparently. Yeah, but for her, it was like, it was interesting for her and I think refreshing for her for me to speak about our situation without me speaking to her about it. I mean, I already speak to her about things. But do you know what? Um, I think just hearing it for her was refreshing, do you know what I'm saying? But I think also her hearing it from a different set of ears because she's having to hear it through another exactly. conversation. Exactly, she's not, you're yeah. not talking to her. Ex- yeah, exactly. You're talking about your views and your growth mm-hmm. and that's very different because then she's able to go, all right, cool, we're not arguing right now. He's actually just speaking his yeah, truth. Yeah. Oh, I got to deep this now. And, and it was respectful. Like, yeah. I didn't say nothing to yeah. her that, about that. But I think the one time, I, the only thing that was difficult was obviously we had like a little back and forth and then it was like, yeah, well, we're dropping this shit the next day. I was like, <laughs> 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 like uh, let me know what clips you're going to drop. <laughs> I'm like, it's going to sound like the biggest fucking diss track. But you know what I'm saying? First time, fuck your bitch. Literally. I said, that's how it, that's it, a big it felt like a coffee. Still. I know, it's a huge shit. <laughs> But um, <laughs> no, she was good to you. She was good to you. Good, I'm happy. Are we in, by the way? Been in. Yeah. Oh, snap. Okay, Ash didn't realise. Yeah, yeah. Louie, you're back in the building. We are back in the building, baby. So are you ready for a joint therapy session? <laughs> yeah, let's do it. I think we always have to be ready for them to have a conversation. So I'm saying if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's you know it, mean? what he said. How was the trip? Which one? <laughs> there the were trip, those trips that, within that trips. That you. <laughs> there were trips within trips. Would you recommend it? Is it for everyone? I would say you have to be ready. Well, to go Peru, absolutely, just go Peru. For, mm-hmm. for the ayahuasca, yeah, you have to be ready for it. It's not a game. Ayahuasca is not a game. Is it a ma- is it a massive mental challenge? Or it's an emotional challenge. Okay. It just takes you to places that you probably were unfamiliar with within yourself. Oh wow! And I think you kind of, there, was, there was definitely moments in Ayahuasca where I was like, okay, can we just stop this right now? But then uh, the other part of me was like, no, ride out through it. This is what you paid for, but ride out. Free <laughs> <laughs> penny You paid your coins, B. That's it, but, that's it. Like, what was your biggest growth or takeaway from that? I th- there was a few. I think I've, I've definitely came back on the energy where I've been a little bit more unapologetic with how I feel about things and how I portray them. And also, with it's a difficult question to answer because Ayahuasca more introduces a, a new journey in you. So like I tell, okay. I tell people, I lost myself. I lost part of myself in Peru, but I also found part of myself. And finding part of myself now means I'm on a new journey that I probably wasn't on two weeks ago, that's two amazing. weeks ago, do you know what I'm saying? And that's what, that's what feels different to me that's where the growth is to me it's like I understand now I'm at the beginning of something that's cool and I didn't think I'll be there I thought like I'll do ayahuasca and I'm like oh yes now I have all the answers and it's like no mm. bro you just have bolder you just, questions you unlock something else. yeah, yeah, but, yeah well, it's yeah, like the yeah. questions that I had before have just become more apparent in my mind yeah, and in my yeah. life and it's like I can't ignore these questions anymore for one and for two mm. I want to start saying man would you do it I think I'll be open to it. Yeah. I, like I just saw obviously glimpses of what you experienced and mm. I was like, whoa, okay. I need to understand fully what it entails. Yeah, that, but from what I could see. <coughs> the whole, the whole, I mean, the whole thing was crazy. Obviously the ceremony itself is in the evening, mm. but the lead up to it, there's a lot of meditation. There's a lot of stuff we do to kind of ground us yeah, yeah, yeah. into nature and to the people that, because they see it's a sacred part, plant. It, it's very dear to them. So we have to, 
get in touch with them as much as you know just doing the drink and stuff like that um we were on a we went on a hike that was like fourteen thousand feet up Jeez. um and at the top of it there's a lake and i was meditating there for a while and it, it was just i don't know there's, there's some things in this world you can't unsee and i think that was just one of them speaking of which mm. grounding unseeing mm-hmm. um today's topic mm-hmm we're kind of talking about something, I guess I've never really fully spoken about it. I've touched on it on other people's podcasts and I've never yet fully unpacked. Um, I don't know why it's you, but it's you. <laughs> the energy is aligned, you know? That's it. Um, so we're gonna be talking about grieving today. Um, mm-hmm. Before we start a session, as I always start every episode, uh, what is your favorite quote around this particular theme? It shouldn't take death to remind us that life is too short. That's what love is meant to do. Okay, do you want to elaborate on that? I often think when someone dies, after somebody dies, you say, oh, life's too short, man, this person just died, da 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 And it's like, we get reminded that life is too short every single time we embrace in real love with somebody. We say, wow, this love is not going to be here forever. Mm. Not because the love might fade, but because this person might not be here forever, and I might not be here forever. And I think just love of people and love of life in general and love of nature should remind us that we are not on this planet for too long. It shouldn't take the death of something to remind us of that, even though sometimes that's the hardest thing. And also, I think, I think when we when we sort of focus on the idea that death reminds us that life is too short. We wait for death to make changes or we wait for death to say, oh, we should have done this or how comes we didn't do that? We ask questions that death presents us that really these questions should be presented. Consciously like, all the yeah, time. Yeah, consciously all the time. Like the, love yeah. of, the love of my daughter should be enough for me to say, oh, I should be doing this, that, and the third. Not yeah. the fact that someone died before the, before their age, quote unquote. I think what it is though, because some, okay, firstly, I feel like growing up, death was such a, a distant feeling to me, mm. like it was never direct. Do you know mm, what I mean? Mm. So I'll never think about, oh, I'm gonna lose someone potentially, or eventually we're gonna leave each other. Like mm. maybe when I have like reflective religious conversations with people, I'm like, rah, yeah, this world's temporary. Like mm. I need to accept that we're not gonna be here forever and to appreciate what I have. But I think until my father passed away, mm. that's when I look at people that I love and I'm like, rah, we're gonna leave each other one day. Mm. Like I need to really, really embrace you. But up until I lost my dad, um, death was because you know like society social media the news it de- even like charity adverts it desensitizes you to death mm. because you see it all the time you see like you know there's a war happening in in russia there's a war happening in like palestine whatever death all these things numbers that's it, it just, just becomes, becomes numbers. numbers and you just kind of go all right cool safe let's skip the advert on youtube and it's not because you're heartless it's because you've seen it so much mm. and it's been happening for thousands of years mm. so it's just like it doesn't become relevant until it becomes relevant. Mm. And then it's only when my dad passed away that I started going, cool, all right, safe, this is happening. And then I started viewing everything and everyone so differently. Mm. You, you know, you, so just just want to say, you know what's different about, I know you're probably gonna ask this, but for me, when my, when my father passed away, mm. it more reminded me of the fact that we shouldn't wait, wait for the golden moment to say the right thing. 100%. Or to make certain decisions, or to say, "Oh, you know what?" I mean, obviously, some situations need time, and I get that. Mm. But sometimes, and again, it's not the fact of, "Oh, you might die, so let's sort this out now." But it's a case of how am I? Go- you almost you don't know how how you're going to feel when somebody dies, regardless of how you feel about them right now when they're alive. Mm. And that's something that we always need to remember. 
Yeah. Um, but of course, there's no reason to take shit. But, you know. No, I get what you mean. And, and, and I think we're going to touch on this because I'm guessing we had different experiences of death. Yeah. So my dad died suddenly, unexpectedly and in his sleep. Um, and I'm oh, guessing so you anticipated good. your pops I didn't. Passing. I had no idea I was going to die. I oh, wo- seriously? I, I woke up and saw a Facebook comment that my dad died. What? Yeah. It's pretty... Okay, you just jumped a lot of stages of conversation because I was going to ask you, how did you find out? Yeah, and it's through, so... it's through Facebook status. Okay. I'm really sorry. It's that's fine. that's a very surreal moment because, firstly, you, you're touching Facebook. Facebook. Who touches Facebook yeah. these days? I know. It was, so random. it was like five o'clock in the morning. I woke up early. I was like, oh, let me see what's going on. Yeah, yeah. All right. So, were you like growing up? Were you close to your dad? Um, no, we weren't. My dad wasn't in my life for a large part of my life. Okay. It, was, it was in and out. When he was in my life, it was amazing. And my mm. dad was around. I was like, oh, shit, that's my door. Oh, yeah, the palm of his hand. But he was absent for a lot of my life. He was absent for 90% of my life. Okay, so when you said you, every time you around him, you, like, really appreciate him, is because you put him on a pedestal that maybe, like, your mum would be like, oh, my God, I can't believe he's doing this. Because, you, know par- you know, a child mm. is so innocent and they just adore their parents, regardless of what they do, mm. unless they've seen, obviously, something with their eyes. Um was was it because he genuinely was impactful in your life or is it because you put him on a pedestal? I think it was a pedestal thing. I think absence makes the heart grow angry, but also makes the heart grow fonder. Mm. So I remember that the last time I saw my dad, um, it's funny, I'd just been stabbed in my face. And okay. um, it was like a couple of days after that, it was just before Christmas. How old were you? Older. I was like 19. Okay. Um, and I had so much anger for him. I was like, oh, da, 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 I knew one there. And you ain't been there, man. I was going, your man's just been bored. Coming strong, yeah, yeah. Within 30 minutes, he was laughing, joking. And I was eating at the palm of his hand. And bearing in mind, I hadn't seen him prior to that for like 10 years. Wow. You know so what, what, what? So did he show face because of the incident? No, 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 no. He, was just, he just happened to be there. He happened mm-hmm. to be in the country. He was like, oh, shit, I yeah, cool. Um, your dad's here. Uh, let me see what I've got. Mm-hmm. Checked him. Now, full of smoke. And that within 45 minutes. You're good. Good. And I think if I'm admittedly, there's, I don't know whether it's amongst men in general. Mm. I think low key probably is if they admit it. But all men want slash need either a dad, their dad, or a father figure in their life, no mm. matter how old they are. And I don't know. I, I think I'm still at a certain age or place in life where I look at people and admittedly probably see father figure like materials and leaders mm. you know and I think that's probably because I never had a consistent one myself so when you're always yearning for something like that there's always at the back there's always that rose tinted idea in the back of your mind like oh daddy's gonna come and it's all gonna be fine yeah, yeah. there's um, the inner child that's always there yeah, waiting exactly. for that moment exactly and mm. that's probably why and plus he's a twanger he's so good with words like <laughs> he on, honestly he's so like he's just his charisma and everything about it. Like you could, there's only, if you're in my dad's presence, it's only so long you're gonna hate him for. Yeah, he's like, a people person. He's the, the biggest charms. flipping dinners, bruv. Like, <laughs> are you, like you're not like, why are, you, why are you like this in front of everybody for? Do you see yourself? Or do you see your dad in yourself even? Um, In some ways, yeah. My dad was like one of the most creative people was like one of the best musicians that like mm. he played the drums he played the sax he played the keys he sang he done music direction like so, it's, so it's in the genes the cameras he was yeah he was a creative guy but it's so interesting because none of that rubbed off on me 
other day, I mean, like he used to teach steel pan with his with his brother, my uncle, and they mm. were like the baddest steel pan players in a flipping country, like yeah. sick. Do you know what I'm saying? He passed away as well. Um, mm. So I kind of got like a little, like a little, but, but he wasn't in my life like that to influence that side of my life. But I've just ended up doing that without his influence. So I don't know whether it's a genes DNA thing. I think but. sometimes it is. Sometimes there's certain things like you can never have met your parent and still walk like them. Yeah. Like or have do certain like behaviorals of how like you wipe your nose or, yeah, or yeah, how you yeah. look on people and they're like rah I, like I can see that trait in mm, them and mm. it's just like you, it's not learned behavior. Sometimes it is just inherited through mm. genes, I guess. Yeah. Um. So you said obviously you lost your pops, found out through Facebook. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Prior to that, when did you speak to him last? Prior to that, I spoke to him a couple years prior, to, a couple years before that. I remember the conversation. Mm. Um, I was going through a weird period. I think it might have been before I had my door. Mm. And I was going through a period where I felt like I needed closure in some things. And him being one of them, I just felt like that wasn't serving me well in my life. And I was like 27, 28. So I was going through this transitional stage anyway. Okay. Um, and I was just like, yo, boom, let's chat how comes da 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 and not even like how come but just like had certain questions and mm. he gave me certain answers and I think I think that was a key moment for me because it made me realise that sometimes you need to find your own closure and your closure doesn't always come in the form of a person and in the form of them answering your questions sometimes mm. you could you think that you cannot you got you can ask certain questions to get certain closure but you won't get the answer you want but that in itself has to be your closure yeah and if you don't get the answers you want you have to find closure somewhere else and in something for your else, own sake for your own sake and yeah. that's i think that's what was very revealing to me that that's something that I've that, that's something that stays with me it was a pleasant conversation it wasn't a nasty one it was one that probably didn't um that didn't materialise in the way I wanted it to. Not the conversation itself, but I suppose there was hopes that after the conversation there'll be some type of regular conversation. I was gonna ask you, things. did you did you hope that you'd rekindle or start building something yeah, as far as I, a bond? I did and it didn't happen. Um do you feel that's like from his side his side of control, I guess? I don't wanna blame a man that's not living. The only thing I would wanna say is I think I think it's difficult for some people to give you what you need, regardless of what you may expect them to give you. Mm. Um, if they don't have certain tools themselves, if they've got certain things that they've been battling themselves, you, there's only so much you can ask for that person. And that could be anyone, that could be your partner, that could be your friends, and that could be your parents. Um, I think sometimes we have this thing where, it's like, you're my parents, or you're meant to do X, Y, Z, and da 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 yeah. to a degree that is very true, but they're also human beings. And if certain people haven't had certain tools to kind of do things or they're still trying to work certain things out within themselves bro you're just you're just speaking to another human being here well that's it i think that like in one of the last episodes i spoke about with my um with camille it's just out it's just going to be what would have been released a while ago since when we released this one but it's about basically um her being in a domestic violent relationship and her having a narcissistic mom and it's like we have this expectation of parents that we expect them to be amazing mm. even if they're present in your life and it's just like we don't realize and what i said to her which she kind of not pushed aside or came like was was against it but she, i said to her sometimes you got to understand your parents journey to understand why they behave the way they behave absolutely 
And then she's like, to her, it's like, yeah, but it's almost like you're making excuses for someone. And then she gave me an example of, you know, if someone, if a man or a woman was to attack you or whatever, because they're going through something, do we wait to understand why they did it? Or do we just say that's unacceptable behavior? Like, why do we put our parents on this special pedestal when actually sometimes it, like, they just need to get the act together. That's an, that's an interesting way of looking at things. And even if we use the attack um, analogy, someone's attacked me, mm. you know, two two things can exist at the same time. Mm. Yes, that person is a horrible C-U-N-T. Mm. I know you hate that one. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> growth. Look at the growth. growth. Girl. <laughs> I know that person's a horrible person mm. and they can be all of that and be held accountable for their actions. But we still need to ask why they done that. Yeah. And whether we're talking about someone that's attacked us, whether we're talking about people in a prison system, whether we're talking about loads of different things. Yeah. We don't, as a society, ask why enough. We just focus on the what. What yeah, happened? That yeah. happened. Okay, that's your punishment. But I think because some people don't want to understand that there's a reason to why people behave a certain way. It's just like, is. no, they're just mean, horrible people. There are people who like, like really have a thing for causing havoc and yeah. whatever. But then there are people who are genuinely going through it. Like when I see a bully, I don't go, oh, you're an idiot. I'm like, you need a hug. Mm -hmm. Like for you to become a bully, for you to be so upset and mm -hmm. so angry that and pent up that you feel the need to deflect your energy on other people, that means something at home ain't cool. And you know, it's, it's funny you say it because I, I had a similar conversation with my daughter a couple of months ago mm -hmm. when she was speaking about there was someone at school that's giving us some issues. And she's like, oh, they're being a bully. And I was like, well, they're probably not being a bully. They're just not being nice to you on that day. That doesn't mean they're a bully. Let's differentiate mm -hmm. the two. But... Even so, even though they're not being nice to you, and I say that they shouldn't be that, they, they shouldn't do. They need to be nice to people. They might have someone not being nice to them. They might have something going on in their home, and you know that's no reason to take it. I mean, if you need to punch someone in the face, punch them in the face, but at the same speed, <laughs> <laughs> in the same speed, it, it's important to also understand someone's actions. And I, I think it's a bit disingenuous on that lady to sort of have that way of thinking when it came to parents as though they're not human beings or you stop becoming a human being or even as though you become a superhuman being as soon as you become a parent. Like you become a parent and you're still loaded with everything that you've ever been through. Precisely. And I said, because my biggest thing is I took time to learn my parents. Mm. When I got older, I was just like, hold on, why are you always so angry? Why mm. do you behave in a certain manner? Why do you handle me in this way? Why is this is your idea of discipline? Um, <clears throat> or, or why is this your lang love language, which is no affection whatsoever. So I had to ask them, like, mm. what was it growing up? Mm. Like, what did love like, look like at home? And they're like, this was it. Mm. So they don't know any better. Mm. And it's just like, and she did say, like, in her defense, um, she did say, like, obviously, I, under I can understand my mom and I can whatever, whatever, but I can also choose to keep my distance and yada, 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 and accept that even though she's going through something, I can't keep being at the end of that. Mm -hmm. And I respect that. And I think, mm -hmm. you know, we do have to make decisions eventually to sort of learn to let go of people or learn to love them from a distance because if they're gonna cause you more harm than good, then there's only so much you can do to help them. Um, but I really found a lot of peace understanding my dad. Mm. And, and like my mum, obviously she's here, I can keep digging away with questions. But with my dad, we had a good few questions where I held no resentment towards him towards mm. the end because his idea of love was a certain type of discipline and it weren't in the sense of, I hate you and I'm gonna do it. It's because I love you so much I'm so scared that something's going to happen to you mm. and this is how I've been told to deal with it. Mm. So we used to get licks all the time mm. <laughs> and it's just like, we we like as ethnic minorities, we laugh at it and we always like, talk about like licks, at, you know, with our friends, they'd be like, yeah, my dad used to beat me. What did I beat you with? What, slippers, mm. sick? What? It was it's game. Just, 
yeah, it was just calm. Like it was just normal. But then like when you really deeper, our parents have been taught a certain culture and a certain mindset that this is this is how you show love and this is how you discipline. Whereas with my child, I've never hit him. Mm. Same, I've, I've never, I, and that's, that's something I'm, you know. I thought I, I was going to. But there's no, the thing is I have no judgment on people that will, that do and will hit their children. I'm mm. just not for me to tell you how to parent your child. No, no, no. Just for me personally, I just have a different set of thinking but, and understanding and I just, I wouldn't, I've never and I would never hit my child. See, the thing is, I actually wholeheartedly, and it sounds a bit messed up, but because I got licks, I thought it's just a standard procedure. We're mm. all going to get it. So mm. I thought when I have a child, they're mm. going to have the, you know, they're going to get it and they're going to get to choose, like, choose your instrument and bring it to me kind of vibes. Mm. But then when I looked at my son and I realised, wait, I can't do this to my son. It, it was a say, yeah, I had I can't, I can't do that. And I realised there's other ways. Yeah. Like my son, I worked on the look. Do you know the look your mum gives you from across the road yeah. and you can be doing the most exciting thing in the world and she gives you that look and suddenly you're like, oh, snap. And yeah. you literally just want to cry. You know, it, it's, 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 it's comes, it does come down to how you deal with things because, you know, I, I'm speaking from perspective. I've already got a five-year-old. So mm. I've only had five years of problems. I haven't had 15, 20 years of yeah, problems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then again, in the same speed, that's a bit disingenuous as well because I, I stopped getting licks after a certain age. Boy, so, I was getting licks till I was like, I'm not scared of you. I'm only scared of God. And then I got more licks after that. Yeah, but it's different. <laughs> I mean, my mum, it was just my mum. And, yeah, yeah. you know, my mum's not like the tallest person. So, like, after a while, licking me just doesn't make sense. Like, yeah, I've, I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. on a roll. Like, like, you can't, this is, I'm getting, I've been banged in the face. You can't just then lick me. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's minor. But then I think when, you, when children get to a certain age where they can then have conversations, the licks kind of stop, which I think is a bit weird as well because it's like, you're licking someone that can't understand verbal communication, so you give them physical punishment. Mm. But then when they can understand verbal communication, all of a sudden you're going to try verbalize things to themselves, things to them. But they've been having physical punishment this whole time. Right? Yeah, yeah, it's a bit yeah. Of a disparity. But again, it's a way of it's a way of dealing with things. Um, but I think it's also the lack of understanding that actually children can understand verbal. Yeah, of course, I, be, I believe so. But again, mm. it's, like I said, it's it's a way of dealing with things. And I'm, and this is why I mentioned my daughter's age because so far. I've not been so angry with her that I cannot verbally communicate why I'm angry with her. Mm-mm-mm. And I think once I've once I've once I'm not able to do that, I f- that's when people throw in the towel and lick their child yeah, because yeah. they haven't been able to verbally communicate. This is why I'm angry with you. This is what you need to do. And a lot of people say, "Oh yeah, but it's repeat." Well, if they keep doing this and they don't listen and don't listen, for me, I'm just like, "Well, you need a new tactic." That's it. <laughs> but that's it. But then it's like for me, like my parents installed the fear of getting caught and the fears of licks. Mm. Whereas my son, I'm installing like the fear of disappointment mm. and letting me down. So yeah, when, yeah, when he when he f- knows I'm gonna find out something, he gets he gets upset quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, what's wrong, Kiddo? And he's like, mm. he's not worried that I'm gonna do anything to him, but he just knows when I find out, mm. my face is gonna change. And you know what, that's, that's the same with me. I give my daughter so much praise. Yeah. She, I think she does, she gets so much praise. I mean, she could do, she's like, daddy, look at this, daddy, look at this. It's like, all right, go on then. You're the hype man, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, no, funny you say that. Like, <laughs> literally. literally yesterday, I was a hype man. I, I was giving her, I was making saying like songs for her to dance. And she was there dance. I was like, oh, do it, it, man. But we, we have that type of relationship because when I take that away, you've lost something there. Mm. And there's no lick that can equate nah. you losing something like that. No, so. I agree. I agree. It's much, much more powerful than, than beatings. Trust me. <laughs> I, I mean, also another thing I'll say quickly, I know we're not talking about parenting too much today, but, putting my son on timeout actually works. 
I thought it I thought it's a, it's a white people thing. <laughs> but, but then I tried it and I'm just like, wait, I'm having all this fun and you can't witness it and you're freaking the hell yeah, yeah, out. It does, it does. And then he's just like, mommy, can I turn around? I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> Let me just turn up the volume a little bit louder. <laughs> and it actually works. Yeah, so yeah. Um, I recommend everyone to try. <laughs> 100%. Okay, so um, obviously you were raised with mum predominantly. Mm-hmm. And obviously you have a certain way that you want to raise your daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned obviously we spoke about grieving and there's something we want to talk about aside from your pops um why the other people around you that you've lost yeah i've lost a few people i've lost a few friends i've lost family as well Mm. it's weird these are friends that more stick out to me just because sometimes it's just felt a little bit unfair and cruel um i remember losing a friend at a very early age Mm. to me anyway I lost one of my the first experience of death I had with a close friend I must have been about 17 16, 17 and it's not like he died from the streets or anything he died from illness Mm. and I just felt that was so unfair I think if I'm being honest with you I think that's what kind of turned me away from religion interesting after that and it's funny because he has family around him and I asked a family member of his how did he keep his faith and he said well it was the church and everyone that sort of kept that was around him so much and he felt like he was being uplifted and mm. and you know held up by the church if it wasn't for them then they would they were at his house like every day if it wasn't for them yeah they probably wouldn't have got through it and for me and obviously that's his family like that that's his brother so i can't you know i can't argue that Mm-mm-mm. it's way deeper for him yeah yeah, yeah. but i think for me it, it just presented more questions questions that i did try to get answered that i didn't really get answered okay but i just so for you, it's interesting because for you, that same incident took you away from faith. Yeah, it did. And for his family and for him, it brought them closer. That's that faith is what got them through it. Yeah. And I think that's a difficult thing is that when people experience death, the first thing you do if you believe in a higher being is that you start questioning the higher being. Yeah. And it's not because you lack faith; it's because you're human and yeah. you're hurting, and a lot of things don't make sense. Yeah. And I think. Uh, similar to you not I like not I turned away from faith but I started questioning like why is it I didn't get to say goodbye to my pops mm. why is it I never got to da, 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 why is it happening now like mm. so to me I was vexed but then it's but it's my faith that kind of kept me going mm. so where you're like no 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 but then my faith teaches me that this world's temporary mm. and that after we pass here there's something else after so for me it's like we're too attached to this world mm. we become we become not so indulged in it but by default we're so engrossed with mm. goals and and persevering and making plans and we we guarantee these next days mm. do you know what i mean mm. even if we're not even if we are humbled and we know that at any point we can die mm. we still start planning our future because we can't just live in constant anxiety and and fear that tomorrow is not guaranteed but it's it's my faith that told me do you know what this was gonna this is gonna happen at any point to any one of us and this is just part of our test and journey so mm how I see thing when people let's say a kid dies right the first thing is wait he's too young right and it's just that it's unfair but then now there's a test so when your when your friend was ill and this is my point of view obviously his biggest challenge is what you're going to do now that you're unwell are you going to feel defeated are you going to feel deflated and just go do you know what this is it this is I might as well just die here and just rot and there's no point in trying to smile and laugh or am I going to persevere and be positive and hope that things could change or in hope that I can make my family laugh? And See, then, go that, on. That, that's, where it was, that's where it kind of became difficult for me because I kind of felt like 
I don't know, his, his situation was a little bit, not only to say he's unique, I think it was weird because he was getting better and then literally suddenly became worse and then died over a weekend. Mm. And it was at the, I remember it was almost like the Thursday or Friday, I was at the house thinking, yeah, bro, you're getting better, you're looking good, you're smiling, da 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 da. And like the Monday or Tuesday, he died. <laughs> and it was just like, rah. Um, and yeah. I get it, it and, I, and there's a lot of things that's happened to people and it's put them closer to faith. I think faith is an interesting thing when it, when it comes to people going through traumatic situations. Yeah, I mean, um, it, for some people it gets them through, like you see the lady that yeah. goes to church every day and, you know, who lost her partner and, you know, church is what keeps her alive and, mm-hmm. you know, her relationship with God and the community mm-hmm. around her. And it's just like, so you have to, like, to me, I accept it, whatever, whatever faith you are what keeps you going is, mm. a, is a beautiful thing. Like, and I know some people don't have faith at all and you have another outlet that mm. keeps you going. It could mm. be looking at your family or looking at, I don't know, something else like that's that humbles you and grounds you. And to my point with your friend, or it can be applied to any other human being, not just your friend. Like when, when your friend, obviously you got to see him when he's looking better mm. as opposed to someone mm. who's looking worse off. So you have it almost like a positive memory of him mm. doing well. And then on top of that, you have, now the next stage and that he's passed away is what's the test for his parent, like his family, his mum and dad, how they're going to mm. deal with the trials of the situation. Is it going to push them away from God and they're going to lose focus and sight of their purpose? Um, or are they going to stay focused and go, cool, this is, this is my test in life to how I'm going to cope. We're all going to have individual tests and that's mm. how I see it. Mm. Um, and that's what kept me, that, that's what keeps me going. So my son was born prematurely. Mm. I had to watch him fight for his life for three months, literally being resuscitated, blood transfusion, or blood, blood transfusion, walking in telling me like other kids around him had died and that he wouldn't, nec- wouldn't necessarily make it out alive. Because when you're born at six months, like you're not fully developed. Mm. Some of your organs haven't even like began to reach this point. And some some kids, <laughs> blessed. Was that your sneeze? With me holding in my sneeze, that wasn't my actual sneeze. I didn't let myself go there. <laughs> Thank you for the description. My mum says I have a bougie sneeze, and I'm like, what, is, I was like what does that mean? Can you let it out next time? No. <laughs> I'll let you interrupt no. my situation. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying, man? You, you stopped mid sentence to let me sneeze. Yeah, yeah, was... yeah. I just want to give you a moment. <laughs> <laughs> but my point is, yeah, I had I had this challenge with my son, which is, you know, he might not make it alive. And mm. instead of me going, do you know what? Why is God doing this to me? I said, you know what? This is God's test to me. And that's that's what got me going, and I'm, I started praying for what's best for my son. Mm-hmm. I didn't go, please let him leave the hospital alive. Let me. Da, 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 da. I said whatever's best for my son because what if I prayed? Like, you know, say be careful what you wish for, kind of thing. And I'm like, I don't want him to necessarily leave the hospital with so many implications and problems that you know, like I asked for him to be alive, but now I got to be a carer for the rest mm-hmm. of his life, mm-hmm. and I watch my son like struggle. So for me, it's like I put a lot of faith in God to keep going and to keep persevering, even like through the most hardest things. Um, and I just feel like if I didn't have God, would I still have this mindset? Would mm. I still be positive? Would I still be like, no matter how hard ish got, I still was like, there's, I say this thing called Alhamdulillah, which is I thank God. So even if I like, God forbid, lost my job tomorrow, mm. I say Alhamdulillah. Because I'm just like, I know like everything, there's a journey, mm. like me losing my job isn't just me losing my job. It's me potentially having a new chapter opening somewhere mm. else. So I got to keep trusting the process regardless. You know, I always admire people who have such strong faith. Mm. Like it, 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 I think it becomes, I think it's a testament of who they are as a person and how they see the world. And there, there is a great admiration for people who have such strong faith and, and speak about it. I, I think it's a beautiful thing. Some, 
some of the songs that have been written about people's faith and some mm. of the things people have done through faith has just been phenomenal. And um, I don't know, at times I, I've, I've often felt a little envious of people that's had faith. You know? Do you feel like you want to have faith or what, what gives you, what's your, what's your equivalent to faith? As in what I see for other people or my... You, opinion. for yourself, as in like what, how do you cope? So like I cope with death through obviously the support of my loved ones, but ultimately like my purpose, knowing that I'm on this earth for a temporary mm. time and there's, there's more to life than than just this. And, like, and so i.e. my faith is what connects me and keeps me grounded. What is it that connects you and keeps you grounded? I, I don't know. I think... I think me being in my head a lot and thinking out situations helps. Um, I also understand the importance of what a good mind frame does for just people in general. Mm. Um, and I know it's easy, oh, I just try to be positive. That's such a cliche. Of course. But sometimes you have to understand what positivity is and what does it mean to say I'm trying to be positive. Mm. And sometimes it is a case of break. I like to analyze a lot of situations and be like, okay, this is what's going on. How do I feel about this? I feel about this because I feel like this because of this. Mm. This is why I have these feelings. And it's just constantly asking myself why. And then I think the positive element comes out of that. But I, I, I definitely think I just keep asking questions within myself about the situation I'm in and try to find different answers to it. I don't. Try, I tend to not ask the same questions and end up with the same answers. I don't feel that's quite productive to me. So I might have a situation with somebody. I think, why are you acting like this? Why are you? Why is this person acting like an asshole? Here's one scenario, and I might live and ponder on that for a little bit. Mm. Then I might revisit it and just try find a, find another scenario that doesn't necessarily. And this is very specific, by the way. It doesn't necessarily make them as being the perpetrator victim thing, mm. but as opposed to we're all in this together type of thing. Um, but I don't know. It's hard to. I don't know if I have coping mechanisms for death. I just think when I go through it, I go through it. I'm in it. <laughs> Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? I don't, so, I, so uh, to you, like when someone passes away, obviously you're not a person of faith as such. What is it that you like? What What gives you comfort? The memories I had with the person, I think, and the realization that people around me die. People around me are gonna die. Everyone I love is going to die. And this is just part of life. I think there's an appreciation of life that helps me understand death a little bit. Mm. Now, anyway, it didn't before, but now, like for example, I have, a, I have another friend who passed away. Um, he got stabbed. Mm. I have a few friends who've been stabbed and passed away, but this one friend in particular, um, he wasn't even like, on a gang shit like that. He wasn't on the roads. He was actually quite prosperous. Um, he, he had high, he, 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 had, he was quite ambitious. Um, prosperous you know there was a lot going for him in his life mm. so again him dying just felt really unfair and really cruel he was like one of the it was, like, it was my guy man it was like one of the flipping on virtually one of the biggest black models in UK like mm. like I would see him on bus stops yeah. like my guy I'll see man on bus I'll see man on billboards big Westfield billboards I'm like that is my guy it was yeah. so mad thinking about it um and even now, I see his birthday was a couple of weeks ago. Mm. I see posts. I see people who who I who I know through him, and I think that memory 
is so warm and so soft. And every time I think about him, I just think about snippets of things that we've done, he done that made me feel great about him as a person and, and just about life in general. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that's the only thing I can do when it comes to death. I think that's the only way I can process it is understand that people turn from physical beings to just memories. And as long as you as long as you've got good memories of people, then you're good. Yeah, I was I was listening or I was yeah, I was listening to a TED talk about grieving and they were like, um, we don't realise we're building memories. Mm. Sometimes when we're living in the moment we're just having fun. Like not every time we're conscious and going, Oh yeah, we're building memories right of now. Course. Like this is something to look forward to, like, you know, not a so morbid to think like that though. It is, it? but like, then, we're having a great time. Let's put this in our brain bank in case yeah, we're dying. But, but the reality is <laughs> all those moments of warmth and, you know, looking at the person that like, the way you spoke about your boy and you know, what you associate with him is like the realities are every moment that you guys shared and everything that everyone ever spoke about them, um, is it's just a reflection of everything that they created mm. and their memory and how strong that is. You, you know what I find mm. weird is well, not it's not weird in a bad way, but it's just an interesting thing. When I speak to people who haven't experienced death like that, like they haven't lost someone close to them. They still have like everyone around and anyone they might have lost might not have been that close. And it's just, and I'm out here, I've got a long list of people that have, that have passed away, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's just, but I, I was that person though, like I've experienced death, but I didn't experience death. Mm. I remember when like my girl's mum passed away, I felt her pain, but I didn't even know how to be there for her. Mm. And I couldn't even begin to fathom the concept of losing a parent or losing someone close to me because everyone that died was my mum's cousin's auntie or mm. so-and-so from a distance. Or do you know so-and-so's, yeah, their brother died, mm. but I didn't know their brother. So to me, it's like, I never really associated those so I couldn't like I'm I'm the biggest I'm very guilty of it of I didn't know how to I'd love to be there for everyone but I didn't quite understand what it means to lose someone that close to you whether it's a parent a friend a sibling whatever and I didn't know how to to help I didn't know how to be like efficient I didn't know how to be supportive um I wanted to mm. to the point where like I was upset that I wasn't able to mm. but it's because I can't understand the fluctuating feeling of death um, I couldn't understand what grieving looks like mm. and the stages of grieving, even though the stages of grieving, grieving is almost a bit of BS because there's no actual order of grieving. Like when they say, oh, you go through like, you know, there's, I should have this written down. I, I know the cycle you're talking so about. So yeah, like yeah. the shock, denial, disorder, anger, guilt, bargaining, distress, and then eventually you have this loneliness withdrawal, but then acceptance. Mm. And it's just like, but that's not true because yeah. it will let you go like this. Yeah, like yeah. this when you think you're accepting it, it's just like, you no, you're back right to being back angry. Like I've, I went gym seven days a week after my dad passed away for, mm. for like, he's passed away like two years now. Mm. And I went to gym for like a year and a half every single day. And if I didn't, I'd jab someone in the throat mm. because I was so angry that I, I didn't know how to process it. And I couldn't grieve because my mum and dad, because my mum was struggling really hard. My son was struggling really hard that I wasn't allowing myself to have that. And the only thing I had was go to the gym, release energy. Mm. But up until I lost my pops and I buried my cousin two weeks before my dad, up until those moments took place, I was such a useless person <laughs> because I can feel sad for you, but I couldn't feel it mm. because I, it does. It, it didn't hit me. Like, mm. do you know what I mean? It's like when people experience, I don't know, heartbreak and I'm just like, okay, bro, like cool, safe. like. To listen to another Adele song, innit? But then <laughs> eventually, when it happens to you, you can connect with it a lot more, innit? It slaps differently. You know, and you know, you know, it's weird that the grieving process for my dad was it was an interesting cycle because I, 
when he first died, I was just it was, obviously it was just shock. I remember I didn't cry for a while. Um, and it's funny because I was working that day. I had, to sh- I had to go on a shoot, so I found out early in the morning. I was like, "Oh shit!" Spoke to like mum and da 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 da. She's like, mm. "How do you feel?" Because obviously they hadn't spoken and been together in years. Um, I was like, "Yeah, no, it's cool. Just get on with it." So I think at first I didn't feel like I had the right to grieve. Do you get what I'm saying? I felt like it wasn't my place to grieve because it was like, "Well, you haven't really had a, a great relationship." So yeah, is is it my place to to feel a certain way? So I just kind of got on with things, and it's, it was only when I was on my way to a shoot, um, I was driving, and the person who I was meeting on the shoot it was it's, it's someone I work for anyway. But mm. I was like, excuse me, from a little bit like distance today, I just found out that my father passed. So I'm just kind of. Working and they're probably thinking like, like what, yeah, what are you doing here mate yeah that's what I'm saying and he was like oh you know you don't have to come I was like no no it's cool I'm on my yeah. way it's fine and it's when I said that I was crying for 20 minutes mm. on, on, on the road because you said, road. It out loud and it said it out loud reality. the first time and I was just like rah yeah. my dad's not here no more mm. and it was a thing where there's only there's only a few memories I have with him mm. and to be fair they're all good memories that's good the, that's uh, beautiful there were times where of course he made me feel bad but he wasn't bad to me. Mm. He just made me feel bad. And that was a very powerful distinction I had to make during that grieving process. Okay. Uh, you're, you're working that out. I'm, trying, minute, to, I'm trying to understand the difference. Yeah, so yeah, the, yeah. the difference for me was yeah. you made me feel bad in times of your absence and mm. your inconsistency and you just not being the person I wish you to be. That made me feel bad. But you weren't bad to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when I was around you, you didn't do any you was never disrespectful to me. You was never I don't even think my dad ever flipping hit me. Mm. He was never around to flipping hit me anyway. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> well he didn't. He didn't yeah. every time I was around him physically in a physical presence, mm. you made me feel good. Mm. You made me forget about all the times you were shit. Yeah. And that was some guy to remember, do you get what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. there's I could talk about, oh, but this and that and my mom and but that's you that's between you and my mum. You guys are two grown human beings. Well, that's that's it. Got nothing to do with me. Yeah, I just yeah, ended yeah. up being a consequence or byproduct of that. But that's got nothing to do with me at the Word. end of the day. Same as the issues I have with the mother of my child has nothing to do with my daughter. hundred percent. Um it, it can get it can get messy by default as as we're getting older and learning ourselves like but yeah, it's 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 a level of maturity on your end to yeah, be able to distinguish the two. I had, to, but I had to. <laughs> I, I, I think it was important for me to do so because otherwise, mm. it's, I think as soon as my father passed, I was like, I'm not gonna hold. I can't hold hate or talk ill of a man that's not alive anymore. Not like I would, not like I held hate for him previously. At times, I definitely did, and at times, I definitely spoke bad of him. But during the later years of my life, while he was alive, and especially now, I, you just won't hear me talk bad about the guy. No, but I'm then saying? also, there's no benefit. Yeah. This guy loves to interrupt my podcast, you know, with little reminders, <laughs> brethren. What was that reminder? What was the time? For him to post something in his own flipping podcast. Uh, I love that. I need to get, this oh, I need to get to your level. I need to get to your level. <laughs> I'm going to be like you. No, no. But no, it was, it, it was a weird one because mm. we, we had to fly abroad to bury him because he didn't live here. So we had to fly to Spain to bury him. Okay. And then hearing other people who lived with him and was around him speak about him was also quite touching for me as well because it was like, you're, you're, you weren't this bad, evil person that do all oh, you wasn't there for your children and, da, 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 mm. and you've done this and you've done that. In fact, there's people that have a completely different perception. You got, you got an essence of your pops. Yeah, people. and it was just, it, nice. I felt I felt more sad in a way because I always had it in my mind. It was like, wow, you know, give it five, ten years, I'll hit up big man and be like, brother, 
like come on man let's have a yeah. drink or that there was always that back of my mind like, we'll, uh, uh, just give it a while or give it this or give it that yeah and i'm not saying that was wrong for me to think that but it was very one naive and um what's the word that i use all the time entitled it was very entitled for me to think that time would just be here and in the next five years i'll just be able to just call you but do you not think that every single person is exactly like you like we all just so let's just say people that fall out with people right and they're like mm. it's cool man when, when i'm ready i'll chat to them but if you if they were to die tomorrow you'd be like I can't, and, it's, and, it's and that entitled and, and that's the thing i have a problem with constantly because mm. i see people say you know don't allow toxic people back in your life and da 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 and don't accept disrespect and da, da. and i get that wholeheartedly but I think sometimes, sometimes, sometimes we misconstrued. And I'm not talking about my dad here because it's no, a special no, no, case. Separate. But yeah, yeah. sometimes we misconstrued a toxic thing happening to that being a toxic person. person. And that's not the truth. It, people can do bad shit. Mm. That good mess people you up. can good do people bad can stuff. Do bad they can make 100%. mistakes and they can hurt you in ways you can never think of yeah. but that doesn't mean that that person stops becoming a good person as soon as they hurt you it just means they're a human being yeah and yeah sometimes you need to get over that pain or deal with that pain but the speed in which you deal with that pain solely depends on you mm. not necessarily the pain that was caused on you that's it do you get that's what deep. i'm saying yeah, and that's yeah. what we kind of I've, people get so hung up on, on this whole this person done this and i'm not going to talk to you for a whole flipping yeah, year like I who gives you the right to, no who gives you the right to do that but what makes you think you're not going to make a mistake that that's you're not going to want flipping forgiveness for and you know that's the reality saying? like we like the way when people hold that energy with chess i feel like stop a moment and think about yourself and how exactly. many people that you, but then if you think you've never hurt anyone, you've never done it, then you, you've actually not had a real conversation of yourself because I've hurt people without realizing I've hurt people. Of course. And it's just like, because sometimes like you said in, in the first time we sat down together, which is sometimes our perception of ourselves are completely different than what other people yeah. see. So where we hold the energy where we think we've come correct, but someone else is, they've picked up another energy and now they're hurt by it. Like, I can't walk around the street going, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never hurt anyone. Everyone's and, just done me dirty. And you know what it is? I think to myself, there, there are people that generally say, oh, well, I've never hurt someone. And I've, sometimes I think to myself, well, you've never made the decision that was solely just for you then. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, there's going to be a time in your That's life true. where having to make a decision solely just we'll for you people. is going to upset somebody. Yeah. And you're going to have to make that decision yeah. anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so don't come on your high horse like, oh, I've never done this or I'll never do it. Don't tell me what you will yeah. never do. But back to your back to your pops and what you said about him, um, the fact that you've chosen not to speak negative of him, I think also that's a positive for yourself. So it's not just not to taint his memory um, and he's not here to defend himself, but also the fact that you're not harboring any more negativity to allow you to, to, like I always speak about like, when we let go of negativity, we then make more capacity and space for more love. And I think if we harbor negative energy towards someone, even if we're not speaking it, we're still hindering ourselves. And I think, like luckily the one thing I think I can connect with you on definitely when it comes to my dad's is that my pops died overnight. It was a normal day. Um, the last conversation I had with him, um, I was calling him up cussing, not cussing, but like just talking about my mum going, I can't believe she won't look after my son. And he turned around and started talking about how much he loves my son. And I said, bro, it's not about you. I'm talking about mum right now. Can you just hurry up and be on my side and like team up with me and tell me that mum, you know, was whatever. And he's like, I love your son. I love you so much. And I'm like, all right, cool, safe. Stop making it about yourself. But then I had a big argument with my family. I left the WhatsApp family group. I was like, bun you guys. I'm not talking to no one until I'm ready. Very bold. 
family one, yeah, not not just the sister one, like auntie one or the cousins. It's also interesting going one. back into into a WhatsApp group that you left. Listen, that's a lot of like listen, your ego and pride aside to get back into that family group. But anyway, the next day my dad passed away. And I was just like, it all made sense. Mm. Like we had to have this conversation where I complained about my dad, uh, about my mom, for my dad to start talking and declaring his love for me and my son. And I'm just like, why are you randomly telling me about how much you love me for? Mm. And it's like, he never knew he was going, but some people say, you know, you know, like, but you don't know, I don't know. But it was just, my biggest thing was, I can't believe I left the WhatsApp family group before. Like before that I sent like, like messages going, you guys don't care about. Da, 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 da. And I looked on my messages and I'm like, luckily my dad didn't open it. Because you know, you can see who read the messages. And I'm like, I'm so glad the last thing he saw was me leaving a group chat, but he didn't actually open the message to see like me just like going off on one. But like my biggest, my not my biggest, oh, was, do we have regrets? If I have a regret, it'll be the fact that I never really got a chance to have that last conversation with my pops. Like for him to really know how much I appreciate him mm. and how much like I harbour no feelings for him. Because so I good people their flowers on their hair, man. That's it. And it's just like my pops, I think he didn't even recognise his older version of himself. So when when I used to mention, oh yeah, like you know, like dad used to used to hit us, he'd be like, Me? And I'm like, okay, cool. And I think a lot of people can relate to this. Yeah. Your parents cannot begin to shit. understand. Like when they get older and they get softer. They don't they can't recognize the fact that at some point they were that person and they don't want to admit it even if they do remember it mm. they're like no 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 i have no idea what you're talking or about it wasn't that much you didn't care that bad. yeah it's just like nah, bro like we it's got just, it just affected me now mom like i've been paying for very for 10 years no, i haven't but yeah um but i never thought i would want to go to like, i've not been to a funeral up until my pops and my cousin like my, my my cousin's burial was almost like a dress dress rehearsal to my dad's one, and it's not to um, dismiss or, or or downplay my cousin's death at all. But for you emotionally, it was emotionally it was like literally two weeks apart. I I had to carry my cousin into her coffin. I had to like Islamically you wash them, you wrap them, you put them in a coffin. It's part of like mm. acceptance, right? I had to see the, the I've never been to a funeral I refuse to go to a funeral refuse to go to a grave because I don't I don't want to I don't want to know what death is I'm I'm living in this bubble and I know like we're gonna die but let's not talk about it just yet and then having to go through what I went through with my dad the first thing I wanted to do was run and make sure I get to see his body before they take him mm. and I never thought I'd want to do that mm. I thought why would you want to see a dead person for but I was literally, I just was so desperate to get to him. I was in Croydon ugh, and I had to make all the way, I had to, I was ready to jump in my car and go see his body. And, and I was, everyone was like, hey, are, you, are you nuts? What do you mean you're going to start driving to your dad? Are you cool? Like someone needs to drive you. And I'm like, time is of the essence. I need to get to my dad right now. I was on a mission and no one can tell me nothing. I dropped my son to my neighbor and I was like, I'm, I'm gone. And then um, when I got there, the most interesting thing that I remember, like, firstly going in, a lot of people got there before me. I, I didn't look up once. I just saw feet mm. everywhere and people just talking to me, but I can't hear them. Because I'm like, I can't believe my dad's gone. What are we talking about? That's not gone. And the way I found out, you found out through Facebook, I found out someone calling me going, what happened to your dad? And I'm like, what? And I literally, I knew what they were talking about, even though my dad was perfectly fine. And I literally just started screaming. And my son was like, are you okay, mommy? And then they, he started getting, he understood what I was talking about. And he's like, he's like, Giddo's going to be okay. It's okay. Giddo's granddad. And I'm just like, cool. So I got in the car, got, got inside, walked up. They're like, the dad's upstairs. I'm like, cool. 
And the first thing I did was I kissed his hand and his forehead. And that's something I was so stubborn about not doing. Right. Like growing up, it's, it's like a cultural thing, like a sign of respect, you kiss his hand, you kiss the forehead. And I'm like, go away, Pops. The minute he passed away, I was just like, I couldn't stop kissing his hand. And I was just like, I can't believe it's taken me this long for me to lower my ego <laughs> and my mm. pride and to show you love. Mm. And to me, that was a that was a very interesting moment because I was just, everything humbled me. Mm. Like there's, I never thought I'd want to go to a funeral. I couldn't, I had to be there. I never thought I'd want to see my dad dead, but I had to see it. And I, I think that the only hard part about seeing my dad was um, he looked different. Mm. Like in Islam, you, you literally bury the person as soon as you can because like you, they need to rest basically that's how we see it but he had to take they had to wait around four days before they can release the body because they had to understand why he passed away and basically his heart just failed in his sleep mm. um but seeing my dad four days later um i can see little changes in his face mm. do you know what i mean where i don't have that same memory of my pops so he's a strong man and, da -da -da -da, and now he looks absolutely vulnerable and I can see like little pimples on his face and I'm just like, no, that's not, that's not the pops I remember. So I think that's the one thing I wish I didn't do. Like as much as I wanted to see my dad the day he passed away, he looked like he was sleeping. He looked like he was vibing, fresh trim, everything calm. But seeing him again four days later, I was like, nah, that's not him. Everyone's like, yeah, he looked really nice. I'm like, to me, no. It's not the same, isn't it? Nah, not at all. So you mentioned also that you saw your pops. Yeah, it's a, it's a funny story. We, uh, come on, that was living in Gran Canera mm. for the long part of his life. Um, and this was during like the COVID period as well. Mm. So I don't know, I think on my birth, on my dad's death certificate, it says COVID, but I don't think anyone actually believes he died of COVID. I just think there was a period where a lot of, and this is not what I've, what I'm saying, this is what a lot of people were saying to me out there mm. were saying they were marking a lot of deaths as COVID because they were getting extra funding. I actually heard about it. that. Um, and so, you know, people are saying like it was bronchitis or whatever, but that's, that's neither here or there. Um, but because it was COVID, they one had to bury him quickly, which meant we had to fly out quickly. But also we weren't allowed to see the body before it went into the coffin. Mm. And it was a bit like, rah. But what one of the guys said that works in, a, in a, the morgue where they keep the bodies, they were like, listen, if you dress, it was like some Mission Impossible type of shit. They were like, if you dress up in these lab coats, yeah, yeah, I yeah. can say that you're working and you're working for me. Sweet. And then we're going to go and take the body and put it in a car mm. and then you get to see your dad. But you can't cry. <laughs> it's a slight giveaway, innit? It's like, a slight giveaway. Yeah, like, you, you know, like, you can't cry because obviously you're crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll be like, why, why are you getting emotional? You, you <laughs> yeah, do this all the time. Yeah, like, here's what I'm saying. You know what I mean? It's like, rah. So obviously, you put, and you got, it's bare hot. It was so hot. Yeah. It was like 40 degrees. Mm -hmm. And this is on the Darius funeral. So we've got our funeral stuff on. Mm. And then we've got these white that, lab coats on after as well. <laughs> and we was waiting for hours in this heat mm. like i had to take off my shirt and kind of put it on the side because it got drenched there so we went in there me and my two brothers mm. um and obviously yeah done it we like took the took him out took the body out checked is that him yeah that's cool um <laughs> there was a part where they were taking him out 
and the thing kind of dropped. Oh, <laughs> no. Listen, dead and was like, I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm so fucking dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, can't, I can't react because yeah, yeah, it's like, yeah. that's just meant to be like another brother. Like, like you're part of the crew. Yeah, and I was like, how many bodies do you not just drop on the floor before you put them into the flipping coffin, bro? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They didn't drop them on the floor. No, no, no. But, but there was a douche and it was like, okay, cool. And I'm just there like, Mm, like yeah, you have to, to firm it. You have to firm, firm it. The whole thing. How did you find seeing your pops? Did it help you in any way? I don't know. I think I'd have been upset if I didn't get to see him. Mm. I don't know if I could say it helped. It's a weird thing to say whether it helped or not. Because mm. um, some people say like seeing them, especially like in that situation, it kind of makes it realer. Like they like the people. Some <coughs> people say going to funerals, going to the grave, isn't to isn't for them it's just literally to serve you it's just to mm. humble it's you with the reality and to yeah, help yeah. you yeah process it um i don't know i think that's a question i might have to come back and answer because i'm actually not sure whether it yeah I could, it's easy oh yeah it helped it helped with the process mm. but you know i was still in flipping bits when it was when it was putting them in the into the flipping i say the shelf because they don't bury people in spain it's like a big flipping it's like containers and yeah, you open yeah, yeah. it and you whack them in there and you shut the door and that's it that's them it's like a, literally like a tomb amongst like loads of different tombs mm-hmm. one thing that was quite weird was the tomb he was buried in mm. right next to it the person shared the same name as, as his mum and it wasn't it's not like an ordinary name his mum's name is Francisca mm. so it's not like it's a oh, it's, not, it's not Sarah yeah and I'm sure and I'm sure like the year the woman passed was like, or the time she passed was not long before or after he did or something mm. like that. Like they died very close together. What year did that pass away? It was, it was last year, last year August. So very two thousand My dad died August twenty twenty. Is it August the twenty fourth? Yeah. August the twenty fourth. Yeah, yeah, that's mad. Yeah, my dad yeah died. My dad, August. Yeah, August mad. has uh, changed. It's no longer August. It's yeah. now uh, August. Yeah. Um, with my dad died around COVID time and. I remember he had COVID and he made it. We thought he was going. Like he was, like he needs to go to hospital. I'm like, Dad, don't go to the hospital. He's like, he's like, why? I said, because I heard when you go there, you die. <laughs> so we had this you know, the theories that you're seeing in the media. So everyone that goes in doesn't come out, especially if you're old, like over a certain age. So when he got over COVID, I'm like, yeah, we're good. 2020, we've got this on like on the wraps. Mm-hmm. Everything's great. So when he passed away, I was like, I don't understand. And I think the hardest thing about someone passing away unexpectedly is that there's a constant reminder, like the amount of times in a day to this day that I go, oh, wow, he's gone because I didn't see it. I didn't witness it. And I saw the, obviously the funeral, which is it goes past quickly. You're in tears. You barely can actually see in front of your eyes. Um, but then it's back to survival mode. Mm-hmm. So you don't actually get to process that that person's gone. Mm-hmm. And I could be driving, singing along and I literally just start like tearing my way. Hold up, what are you crying for? I'm like, he really left us. Mm. And I literally go, Pops, for, I talk to myself, I'm like, Pops, for real, you're gone, yeah? Safe. And it's because I can't actually fathom that that you, this is it. Like, if you told me when my dad's going to pass away, the way you were like, in a couple of years' time, I'll holler him, da, da, da. I was like, my dad's going to see me remarried, I'm going to have more kids, I'm going to be jarring him. Like, it's just, he's good. Do you it, know what it, I mean? It's, it's the what they're not going to see, in it? I think I had a few yeah. moments, I had a number of moments where I'd just be like crying to myself or... Um, just in a car having my little cries and that. Obviously keeping it G. Only if I could little while. <laughs> off, get back to business, baby. You know what I'm saying? But um, a lot of things, that, like I said at the beginning, a lot of things are difficult for me to comprehend. Was one that you're, ne- you're not going to see my daughter. Mm. You haven't seen my daughter. And two, 
there's a whole relationship that I would have hoped we could have not even mended, just started over. Mm. And I would have came in from a complete different perspective. That's why I always find it interesting when people, and I, and I try not to, it's none of my it's none of my business to tell people how they should feel towards their parents that's been absent in their life. But I always say to people, you never know how you're gonna feel when that person passes. hundred percent. And you need to remember that and keep that in mind. When you say fuck my dad, my mom, mm. da 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 you're doing that from a present place. Present and I, pain. And, I, and and I understand that. We should mm. there's some people that and there's some parents that do not deserve to be in, in our lives for whatever reason. And yeah. I, I can't I can't say nothing to you on that. But you never know how some how you're gonna feel when somebody dies. And not just that, not being able to even have those honest conversations of like places of growth. But if you're not if you're not grown or you've not reached that level of growth for you to be able to have that conversation, then I yes. guess you'll always harbour that negative exactly. feeling. And but maybe years after they pass, you'll realise, oh snap, I wish I got a chance. And, to. and you know what? That's that's a key thing as well because I think one thing I think I would have felt uh, it would have felt a lot harder for me. If I hadn't, I've had certain conversations with my dad before he passed away. Hundred um, I didn't have certain realizations. It, but we did. I had my closure, and then it, so me sort of mourning him was from a pure place, not a. I wish we had this conversation. I wish you knew about this, like you did know because I told you. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And, and I and I knew what you felt and your opinions on things because you told me. Yeah, you were able to express and exactly. have that and, dialogue. And whether I agreed with it, whether it charmed for me, that's just for the birds to tell. But the yeah. fact is. You told me how you felt. I told you how I felt, and that was very important to me. And that's why I'm always an advocate for people talking. You can you can say I'm never gonna f- with you ever again, but have that conversation. conversation yeah. <laughs> have that yeah. conversation and say you're not cool. It is what it is, and then do your own thing. But don't just not have the conversation. Because it's a lot of unclosed chapters, of course. And then when you don't get to have a conversation, it's just forever. Just that's there it. Lingering. You're done. You're there. I think for me it was I got I got the honor of my dad. Like I never understood gra- grandparents, the mm-hmm. value of a grandparent because I never had grandparents. They all passed away very young mm-hmm. when I and and I was extremely young, or they passed away before I was born. So for me, they were just old people that existed and no longer existed. My dad had an incredible bond with my son. Mm-hmm. Like my, they were ride or dies. Like my son was his wingman everywhere they went. So when my son to this day cries over him, mm-hmm. and I thought he'll be too young. He's eight now. But I thought died when he was six. He won't really like you'll you'll get it, but you'll get distracted by like Pokemon or something. I don't know whatever kids are watching these days. But to this day, he'll randomly just go, "I miss Giddo," and he'll start crying, or he'll ask me to go somewhere that his that my dad took him to. And I think I feel very grateful that they got to have that bond. And at an age where my son's conscious and able to retain those memories, um, I think. But the hardest thing is when I left my ex husband. My dad always said to me, "Heber, I just pray you find someone." that will know how to treat you and how to look after you. And I pray that, you know, he's God-fearing and um, God-fearing and yeah, basically God-fearing someone to look after you because those are like the important things to him because he feels that if you're God-fearing and you understand purpose, you know how to handle your spouse because you're you're conscious of the, the repercussions and you're conscious of how mm. to lead your life, the morals and the values you carry. And I'm now remarried. And the hardest thing for me is that my my husband will never know who my dad was, mm. no matter how much I chat about him, no matter how many photos I show him, he would never really get the essence of mm. my dad. Mm. And initially when we first got married, I, I kind of realized I started getting vulnerable because before getting married, I was like, 
I can never cry. Like whenever I start crying, I'll do the typical man thing of like, man up, man, what are you talking about? Like the whole gangster stuff. Let me put on some rap and like, you know, forget about it. But it's just like, I need to be vulnerable, but I'm scared what that vulnerability will look like. I'm scared if I start unpacking, I'll never stop unpacking. And that, you know, so many people depend on me that being this vulnerable won't be possible. And then when I met my husband, I was like, okay, so I can see myself being a little bit vulnerable around you. The strong mm -hmm. Heber's not always around. Uh, heads up, I haven't grieved my dad yet. So um, don't know how it's gonna look like. Don't know when it's gonna happen and how many waves, but it's gonna happen, innit? And he's like, it's cool, man. And I felt like I was in safe hands. Then I was just like, I'd like you to meet my pops. And I thought, imagine how weird it is to pull up to your dad's grave. And the first time I arranged to do it, I chickened out. I was just like, oh no, we're too busy. You can't do it today. Second time round, I was like, okay, cool. I pull up, I stand in front of my dad's grave and I'm like, dad, auntie, auntie, dad. And I'm like, can you believe it? I'm staring at someone's grave and that's how I'm going to introduce my husband to my dad. But I was just like, this is, this is the closest I'll ever get. And I'm grateful that I got the man that my dad hoped for, but I never got to tell him like, look, pops, I did better. Like, or like, you can now be at peace and at rest knowing that your, your daughter's all right, your grandson's all right. Cause that's all he, all he cared about is like making sure that we're going to be okay. Um, but it's just, yeah, it's, it's overwhelming. And I think it's just grieving doesn't look, I think people just assume that you grieve, then you just get on with it. it. Yeah. And I think until you've experienced it, and you've really experienced the death of someone close to you. you. And I don't blame you, you'll never get it. Mm. So I can't even like turn to certain people for support because there's nothing that they, that will actually go Hebs, I don't know what to say. Mm. And I feel like the one person, this is really random, but I actually made friends of a random, I actually made a friend within a random person, which is, he. I basically I messaged him on Instagram ages ago because I wanted to get my son's haircut. He's a barber up the road. Then he must have seen me go past after my dad passed away like a week later. And then he looked at me, he's like, why are you not smiling for? I said, um, sorry to break it and ruin the vibe, but my dad just passed away. And he's like, oh snap, my dad passed away as well. And his dad had just passed away the week before. And just like that, our relationship just took a next level mm. because there's no one else that I could speak to besides this human being. Because mm. I couldn't speak to my sisters or my brother because they're going through it. My mum, Litchie's life was turned around. She couldn't exist. Like her purpose was taken away from her. So managing her grieving was my only focus. Mm. My son was crying in and out. And then I suddenly found purpose and not for purpose, I found support and comfort within a person that I never thought in my wildest dreams. Like, and the way it unfolded was wild. And I felt like, to me, I'm grateful for him. Mm. And he'll forever, I guess, be grateful for me because we were able to just have a safe space of just exchanging mm. like pain. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know what it is? that's a key thing as well, having someone to share things with. I, I have people I can share things with. Mm. Is what whether I choose to or not is a different thing. So but, my but, question to you is who, or when things take place, who, what is your outlet and who is your support? I, th I think my outlet is just, my outlet's really internal, which I think is not always a good thing. Mm. I know there's people out there that I can speak to and open up to. I've just come accustomed to not doing that. Um, and I'm trying to do it more, but then you know what? I always, I've always seen myself as the listener, you know? Someone could come to me with issues and I'll, I'll just sit and I'll listen. Obviously I'll talk, I'll give my advice or whatever, but I'll take on, I'll rather take on someone else's stuff than me put it on to someone else. 
Um, and that doesn't always, I don't know. I think sometimes, yeah, I, I was going to say it doesn't always serve me, but then sometimes I find things that help me throughout what other people say. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And it's a weird, it's a weird sort of way to see it, but we have a, like for example, us having this conversation now, there's certain things you've said that I'm like, oh yeah, that's going to help me. Mm. That's going to, that's, 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 that, that's, that might come up in the next couple of weeks or months when I'm remembering my dad and I remember this conversation. Um, mm. But I don't know, I wish I was a little bit more open. I wish I was more, more able to just express it because there's people there's people out there. I always feel like I'm burdening people, for one. And for two, I always feel like <laughs> yeah. I don't have complex issues, but I think I, I, I explain things in such depth and detail and, and I articulate it in such a way that it's hard for someone to then turn around and, and come back with something. You know what I'm saying? Because I've said it all. <laughs> but then do you sometimes need someone to come back or you just need someone to speak to? Because No, I, I think sometimes it's nice when someone comes back. We always yeah. turn up, we always say, oh, you know, it's it's funny, so it's 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 a not to generalize as well. Generalize as well, but it's generally a woman thing where yeah, yeah, men 100%. will say, Oh, we we tend to be solution based to things. So if you've got a problem, let us know and we'll try to solve it for you. And, and and women tend to be, oh well I just want to speak and I don't need your solution. Yeah, and yeah, I, that I don't, I don't understand. Like, why are you sharing with me if you don't want fucking help? But sometimes we're, em, <laughs> we're emotionally led in that moment and we just want to vent. I heard that. And I get that because I actually, my, my husband the other day went, Hebs, just, just to ask, like, do you want a solution? Or did you just want me to listen? I, I have no and, idea. I'm like, I, and I say to him, I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I said, but you can try with a solution. I'll let you know if you should stop. Try with a solution, but then if it's the wrong solution, I hate you. Yeah, I mean, I won't say the word hate, but yeah, he's going to hear my energy. He'll feel it. Yeah. He's just like, all right, cool, safe. I'll just listen in it. But, 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 I, I, but I genuinely feel like, because you sound like me, like I'm the, the mama hairs. We discussed this last time. Like I'm a, I'm a here to listen mm. to everyone's problem. You can unpack freely on me. But when it comes to me speaking to other people, I'm like, nah, I don't want to burden you. Like, it's mm. cool, man. I got, I got this. It's all right. I'm gonna deal with it my own way. But the reality is, your mental well-being, your mental well-being is your mental well-being, and mm. you're not a super, you're not mm. a superhero. You're not, like, we can say we're special and um, we're set up different, and we are potentially. Mm. But you still need an outlet, whether it's your poetry, your spoken words, whether it's, I don't know, like your creative side coming out, and that's how you release. I think. Uh, and I think that is what it is. I think I. I think I'm able to express myself in so mm. many ways, but also again, what's not, what's not helpful for me when I have an issue about something because I can explain it with such detail most of the time. Once I've explained it, I'm done now. So you've done you've done the whole <laughs> problem expression yeah, obstacle, that. but you've now found the solution. Yeah, all in one, <laughs> yeah. All, in, all in one conversation, all in yeah, five yeah. sentences. I've yeah. told you what my problem was, how I've dealt with it, where I've gone wrong in dealing with it, how I'm going to deal with it in the future, and where I'm at now. Like, Some, often there is no <laughs> space for someone to say, "Well, maybe we should try." That. I've already, I've already got. Yeah, you need solutions. So I think, like, I think, as long as to do that, as long yeah. as you genuinely feel that that's a solution, then you're gonna be. I right. don't know what you. Because you, like, you, you could be deluding, you could be, you could be deluding yourself, going, "That's cool, man. I did it myself." You know. Who knows what a genuine solution is these days? You know, we tend to yeah. fool ourselves. We always think that we're over things until something triggers us. So all of a sudden, oh, I'm not over that shit at all. You know what I'm saying? No, so. I feel you. Um, obviously, you run out of time. Firstly, because you know you got to bounce. Secondly, because um, there's so much to talk about, and we keep just yeah, we have next time in, in the next episode of uh, yeah. Um, the one thing I want to touch on very very quickly, just around um, appreciation of people while they're still alive. Um, you spoke about something about the um, 
you touched on something in one of your spoken words, is that what you want to call it? But you, I think about how people show appreciation after someone passes away and it's like you have the Instagram memory of them and, and I think we both were thinking about the same person when social media suicide. yeah social media one yeah, and yeah. um how like someone put a suicide letter yeah. and that was the last memory of them yeah. and for me it's like i always i love you i love you for that for reference in that post that's one of my most i love it pieces Thank like you. i really love it I, I i know it's called social media but i wanted to try and get to the the point of it um which is the fact that the pinpoint i want to talk about which is basically we need to show gratitude today. Like, I hate the fact that people go, when someone passes away, they go, oh my God, they were the best person in the world. Oh my God, mm. they're this, this, that. It's like, but did you tell them that? Do mm. they know that they did, were loved? Did, did they, they know that, that they were appreciated? Mm. Oh, like we had issues, but you know, they were still top. Da, da, da. My ego was in the place, but do that. Like, mm. <laughs> don't wait for someone to pass away for you to be able to express how you feel for you to be. And don't do it where like, you're getting it for almost like Instagram creds. <laughs> it's just mm. like, everyone's writing under the same image. It's like, you know, real one, RIP. That's one thing I always find jarring about the society that we're in now. When mm. someone dies, they get flooded with love. Mm. Oh, my days are starting to, and it's a human, it's human nature. So I'm not gonna, I mean, there's people in my life that right now that I don't necessarily find that is where I'm comments every day, be like, oh, I love you so much. Of course not. But at the same speed, it, I, I just think, how many people do I appreciate that I show appreciation to on a regular basis? Not daily, but maybe even a weekly, regular, that's every other fine. day, every other week. How many times do I tell people, yeah, I appreciate you? And, and that's like, it's actually part of my vocabulary. When something happens, I say, I think I appreciate you. Because it's, it's I say it all the time. Yeah. Because it I I have to let people know, like, yeah, I do appreciate the things that you're doing. I actually you did a verbal post on a reel, basically, about appreciate you. That's in my vocabulary all the mm, time. Mm. Is that I have to say I appreciate you for everything. Mm. And it's not that, why appreciate me for? I'm like, because I genuinely appreciate yeah. you. I'll sound, I randomly mess people going, love you, appreciate you. And they're like, are you good, Hebs? And I'm just like, yeah. Are you because, dying? <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is everything all right? And it's just like, yeah, because I know how life is short. Mm. Um, and I'm not going to wait for something to happen for me to show you gratitude. And even if the smallest thing you've done for me and it means nothing to you, light work, I still say I appreciate you. And it's just like, I never want you to ever not know I don't appreciate you. Mm. No, I never ever want you to know, not feel I don't appreciate you, when in fact I do. So I feel like I will overexpress love and I overexpress appreciation because sometimes these people who get flooded in, in their stories or under their posts after they've died are probably feeling very lonely prior to that. Like I always call myself a popular loner because mm. people assume because like everything's popping that I'm like, she's this busy girl. And I'm like, if only you knew, but people just assume looking on my social media that I'm busy, I'm popular. And I'm like, Gina, mm. <laughs> but that's the reality. A lot of people are popular loners because mm. everyone assumes they've got their ish together, they're this, they're that, everything's great. When actually deep down inside, that appreciate you message would have meant everything to them. Know, that's I mean I spend I mean I spend a lot of time by myself. Some most of it by choice. But I don't know if it's by choice or whether I've just become accustomed to it. But when I tell people I'm actually quite introverted, they're like, What? How do you know you're yeah. not da 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 yeah. it's like that's because of what you see and what and how you it's interpret. It's a perception. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But generally speaking, I'm out here on my 1's B. Um so you're also a popular learner. I'm definitely a popular learner. By choice. <laughs> I don't know, by choice or by nature, who knows? Okay. Who knows? All right, listen, we're six minutes over your time. Um, <laughs> it's, it's your time. <laughs> um, any final words? I mean, I don't feel like we close the chapter of, of grieving um, and death, but, and purpose, we haven't even touched on purpose. But yeah, any final words 
upon the reflection of everything we said. Just upon the reflection, just take care of the people you love, man. Remind them that remind them of what they mean to you. And you never know how you're gonna feel when someone's not there anymore. Those are my last words and sentiments. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. Thank you so much. Heart. Wait, <laughs> I, I think it's this the ah, oh, it's a Korean way. I don't know. Of love, it's a heart. Oh snap! Swear down. That is hard. <laughs> That's hard. I like that. My sister and her friends do it to me. They're like pure BTS Korean pop vibes, and they're like, "Hebo," and I'm like, "I like that. That's cold. It is That's cold." cold. Um, guys, you have watching. Uh, you have been watching and listening to Growing Up Brits ish with myself, Mama Hebs. You can catch me on Instagram when I am Hebs of a Z or Growing Up Brits ish H and Mama Hebs on YouTube. Um, and you can catch you on Louis the Hippie on Instagram, TikTok, and on Growing Up British. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Guys, thank you, thank you, thank you. Grownish, smartish, British. We are British, apparently. Uh-huh.